Welcome to Camp Glory's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this week's encouraging message by Pastor Sam Fine. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. Okay. I got an hour's worth of, uh, of a message, and I got to do it in 20 minutes here. Let's see. Well, my, my message today is on the trap of offense. So I'm not going to get offended that I can't share everything. So, <laughs> so it is what it is. All right. Well, you know, this week, um, this week, I, I was, I asked the Lord, I, I said, Lord, I, I, I just want you to speak to me about what is on your heart for this Sunday. And, and uh, Eliza said, you know, I, I know the Lord's going to speak to you. I know he's going to share something with you. And, um, and I woke up about about four in the morning and uh, didn't get anything then. Went back to sleep. <laughs> and then I woke up. And right as I was waking up, the Lord says, I want you to talk to them about offenses. Offenses. And I said, yes, sir. So the message today has come from the heart of the Lord. It's something he wants to, to talk about. So this today is called uh, the trap of offense. Luke 17, 1 says this. It is impossible that no offenses should come. It is impossible that no offenses should come. Um, I'm sure you all have experienced offenses in life, right? Okay. Well, the reality is, is that it is unavoidable. It'd be like for you driving through a heavy rainstorm and you avoid every raindrop and don't let it hit your car. That's about how impossible it is to avoid offenses. Matthew 24, verse 3 says this, and this, um, uh, the disciples were asking Christ of the signs of his return. And in verse uh, Matthew 24, verse 3 he says, now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when all these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age. So then the Lord begins to uh, share with them about there will be um, nations will rise up against nations and there will be famine. There will be a lot of things that are going on as signs indicating his imminent return. And then in verse 10, skip down there, and then it says, And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Proverbs 18, verse 19 says this, A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city, and contentions are like the bars of a castle. You know, as we begin to just kind of embark upon talking about offenses, one of the things that, in, that an offense does is that it will ensnare somebody and entangle somebody without you even being aware of it. Without your knowledge, an offense can actually can trip you up and get you in a place where you're even not aware of what just happened to you that you've actually have 
have taken within you the offense. And a lot of times, an offense really starts with a legitimate mistreatment of you. Something has been done in a wrongful way towards you, mistreated you, said something unkind to you, said something hurtful to you. And in that, it is the setup of a trap. So oftentimes, a defense starts with a legitimate mistreatment when we're hurt. And then what we begin to do is that we construct safeguards around our hearts and we begin to wall up our hearts in an effort to protect ourselves so that this will not happen again. And then we're very selective as to who we let into our hearts. We're always on guard. We're always somewhat fearful of ever being hurt again like that. And so you wall yourself in in an effort to protect yourself. But what you're doing is that you're building a prison around your heart. Prison walls around your heart in an effort to protect yourself. And over time, a harbored offense within one's heart will turn into hatred, will turn into anger, will turn into bitterness and unforgiveness. So that offense in which we get hurt and then we wall ourselves in, it begins to take a life of itself. And it begins to become something that uh, becomes a negative real energy force within you that can be counterproductive to you fulfilling what God has you to do. You know, the focus of an offended Christian is always an inward perspective. You're always looking inward about things and not outward to try to understand things. And you're guarding your rights. You're guarding your personal relationships. You're just simply guarded about everything. And in that, you risk, with your heart being shut down, it is almost impossible for you to extend unconditional love in many other situations. It's hard for you to begin to be loved, and also to give unconditional love to those that are around you. And I really believe that offenses is one of the enemy's most deadly and deceptive traps that he tries to lay for Christians. It imprisons so many people. And, and the goal of that, of the enemy, is that you will not Fulfill your destiny. You will not fulfill your calling and your purpose on this in this world, in this life. And it causes you to not reach the potential of all the things that God has for you because you you are, are locked in to these prison walls that's preventing you from getting free. It handicaps you. But you know what? Most of the time when offenses happen, it happens through people that are closest to you. It comes, it doesn't come from that foreigner or, you know, from somebody in the street or, you know, if somebody yells at you or, you know, you're driving down the road, you have anybody just get road rage at you, you know, you're like, why are you so mad at me? You know, I mean, it's like, it's not going to come through those people. 
It's going to come through those that are closest to you. And David said this in Psalm 55, verse 12. For it is not my enemy who reproaches me, then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me, then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man my equal, my companion and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and we walked to the house of God in the throne. These are the people that you spend holidays with. These are the people that you sit around a dinner table with. These are the people that lay beside you in your bed. These are the people that you support to go to college. These are the people that are dearest to you, that you, you've grown close to, you confide in, you share your heart with. You trust your heart with them. It's these individuals that people can get hurt deeply and then can get offended because of what they say or do in your life. You know, the possibilities for offenses are endless. And the list of relationships in our lives, no matter how complex they are, are where offenses occur. But the truth remains, only those who care about you can hurt you. And it's those that are deep within your circle of life are the ones where sometimes your guard is down and you're not expecting it. You're not expecting it to come from them. But it's the very ones that are, are near and dear to you that somehow get under your radar and it's like, ouch. That really hurt. And it's that, it's that moment when we can choose if, if we're going to get offended, if we're going to take the bait, and if we are going to hold on to an offense against that one that's so dear and near to our hearts. I mean, if there's anyone that had a right to be offended in the Bible, it was Joseph. And let's look at this. Joseph, in chapter 50, verse 19 but Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for I, for I am in God's place asking the question, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. You know, Joseph's brothers, they tried to destroy his prophetic dream that he had. He gets a dream from God, and he's so excited about it. And he's got to tell everybody, and he's sharing it with his father, and he's sharing it with his brother, and they were enraged with him. They were jealous of him. And they threw him in a pit, sold him into slavery, and they thought it was the end of Joseph and his dream. So he had a reason to really be offended and upset with his brothers, to blame them for all of his misfortunes of being thrown into prison. But let's look at what the psalmist said about this. Psalmist, Psalm 105, verse 16. And he called for a famine upon the land, and he broke the whole staff of bread. Verse 17. And he sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. So who did God send to Egypt? 
Who was who sent Joseph to Egypt? It wasn't his brothers. It was God. God set this whole thing up for the very purpose of Joseph being an instrument to save so many people from a famine that was coming upon the land. And when we understand who did this, who allowed this, it it is a critical truth to understand that there is no human being on this earth that's going to derail you from your purpose in life. There's no individual that can circumvent and stop the very thing that God wants to do in your life and in your future. And I'm just, I was so touched last night as we were sitting around the table and Anna was sharing with me her love for China. And God has put it within her heart to be, to be an ambassador, to be one that would share the love of Jesus in China. But then what happens? The door shuts. And you know what? You look at that situation, they, well, you know, Man's doing this. No, man's not doing this. God is doing this. Because God is redirecting her for a very purpose. And that purpose is even bigger than China. It's to reach all of Asia. And China is going to be a part of that equation. But but in this moment, she's going to Bali. And I'm so amazed at the goodness of God, but it's how she's responding to it that so touched my heart because she could have gotten really upset. God, you said I was going to China. What's this all about? Why am I going somewhere else? And you get upset. You get angry about the situation. But she understood that it's God that's in the midst of her shifting her life and leading her down south to Bali. You know, the truth is, is that some people truly have been treated unjustly. I mean, really, there there's some people that truly have been treated unfairly and hurt. And I know that that happens. But them becoming offended truly only fulfills the enemy's plans for your life. And that is to, to, to derail the will of God for your life. God does not, I mean, the enemy does not want you to fulfill your purpose. And when you get offended, you're only fulfilling the enemy's plans for your life. And it's so important. So what is an offense? The Greek word for offend in Luke 17 comes from the word scandalon, which is, where we get the, the word scandal. This word originally referred to the part of the trap to which the bait was attached. The word signifies laying a trap in someone's way. So the offense is a tool of the devil to bring people into captivity. So Paul instructed Timothy in this scripture. Let me read this to you. 2 Timothy 2, verse 24. It says this, and a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. And if God perhaps will grant them repentance 
so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare, entrapment of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. So those who are in quarrels or opposition fall into the trap and are held prisoners to the devil's will. So when a person is, um, is, is, is deceived in thinking that they're right in a situation, and when they get offended and they, they begin to build the walls around their heart, you simply believe that you're right and they're wrong. Now, these are, there's two major categories of people that get offended. The first one is those that have been treated unjustly. You truly have been treated unjustly and have been hurt in a situation. Second are those who believe they've been treated unjustly, but um, that they believe um, that they've been wronged and their assessment of the conclusions of why they're upset have been based on wrong facts. Have you ever been upset with somebody and all of a sudden you find out that you've been upset with this person maybe for months or for years and all of a sudden you realize you've had the wrong facts all along? I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, you, you have based your offense on a situation about somebody in which you didn't have all of the conclusive evidence to determine your justification. So you wrongly inaccurately discerned all the information and you said, yep, they're wrong. I'm right. So you're working with wrong information. But how do you get free? Let me just fire up the engine and let's get to these points. James 4, 7 says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. When we resist the devil... By choosing not to become offended is, is a way in which you are pushing back this element of this bait in which the enemy is dangling before you on the end of a stick and you resist it. You submit yourself unto God and you resist the temptation to take the offense. You resist it and at that moment it says he must flee. He's got to get out of town. He's got to get away from this effort to bring you into a snare and into a trap. So I want to look at um, ways the enemy keeps people in an offended state. These are ways the enemy keeps people in an offended state. And one way the enemy keeps a person in an offended state is to keep the offense hidden and cloaked in pride. You know, pride will keep you um, believing and admitting that um, you're not offended. And, and you stuff it down, and you, pride makes you think, well, that didn't really bother me. That didn't hurt me. That didn't affect my heart in any way. I'm okay. Pride keeps you from dealing with the truth. Pride distorts the vision of what is going on around you so you're not seeing things clearly. And you never change when you're in a prideful position. You never can, can get freedom when you're thinking that, you know what, I'm okay, that didn't affect me. You know, there have been things that have been said to me over the years, and, um, and I, 
I would, that didn't bother me. That didn't hurt me. And then you grow up and you realize, wow, that really did. That affected me deeply inside my heart when this was said to me, when this person did this to me. And you begin to realize that pride, that pride has caused this attitude in my heart. You know, really pride, the attitude of pride basically says, I was mistreated and misjudged, and therefore I am justified in my behavior. I am justified in my situation. So in that, pride keeps you in this cocoon of an offense in your own personal life. And the next area that, that we deal with offenses is that you detach yourself from the pain. And I want to kind of explain this just for a moment. And that is that um, it's those that are closest to you that can bring the deepest pain and the deepest heartache in your life. And sometimes the pain from somebody that's close to you can be so severe that, that you, in an effort to deal with the pain, you want to shut the door to it and you want to place it in a, in, in, if I could say, a place in your life and you just want to forget about it. So that in dealing with the pain, you just lock it away, you just forget about it, you, you try to, you choose to go on with your life and, and carry on a normal life, realizing that you just have stuffed a, an enormous wound and pain in the closet. You shut the door and you're like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And then you go on with life. And then what happens is that in the course of your life, all of a sudden an event happens that's very similar, but all of a sudden this event just kicks down the door that you, uh, where you stuff the pain in your life. And all of a sudden, all of this comes to the surface and you're like, why am I so angry now? Why am I so upset over this situation? It's because all of a sudden, something that you've stored down in a closet has been unlocked and all of a sudden has come to the surface. And now we're having to deal with a five-year-old little boy who is so angry and hurt and upset because mom and dad were divorced and wounded his heart and he couldn't handle the pain. So what does the five-year-old little boy do? He says, I can't handle this. And he detaches himself from that pain and he puts it in the closet. He says, I can't handle the fact that mom and dad just separated and all of a sudden, he grows up, and he's 21 years old, and he's facing situations and relationships, and then all of a sudden, he's in a relationship, and things don't go the way he wants, and next thing you know, all this pain of when his mom and dad separated comes to the surface, and it's a time in which you need to deal with the hurt and the pain that was caused by mom and dad. So there's a way in which sometimes we deal with the hurt that's caused from an offense is that we detach ourselves from it. I, I can't tell you how, I, I feel like what the Lord has been doing a lot in this season in a lot of people's lives is that 
things that they've gone through when they were young and and it was so painful and and they got so offended and so hurt they just couldn't deal with it so they just i just i'm just going to just lock it away but god is is desiring that we all enter into wholeness that we come into wholeness in our hearts that we become whole from from when we were a little one to our to our present age that we walk in wholeness in our souls that we be strong and alive that we be um that we be able to walk in unconditional love and be able to give love and not withhold it but we're able to walk in a way that fulfills the scripture that says this that to whom the son is set free is free indeed when we come to the cross of Christ and when we receive his forgiveness, Lord, forgive me for holding any type of resentment, for getting offended with anybody, for being hurt in this situation and choosing to, to have hatred. When we come to the cross and we realize that he has taken everything, he's nailed every offense, he's taken every abuse, every pain he took into himself on the cross and he paid for it. So that when we repent of having an offense in our heart towards somebody, we are freeing our hearts to enter into the fullness of what the scripture says, to whom the son is set free is free indeed. You're no longer a slave and a prisoner to the captivity of being offended in a situation that you've gone through. It's time that the body of Christ get healed wholly. In all of our hearts, do we be free to enter into our destiny and fulfill the purpose and calling that God has for us? But how many people right now are limping along and are not able to fulfill the purpose and destiny because we have baggage of offenses in our hearts that's holding us back from entering into what God has for us? It's time to cut the cord. It's time to say, God, forgive me. I repent. I repent for getting offended at my mom and dad. I repent for what was said to me, what was done to me, for my, for my siblings or, or close friends, whoever it is, that our hearts are free to love. It is so difficult to love when your heart is shut down. When your heart is shut down, you're, just, you're damned up on the inside, and there's no river flowing through you of unconditional love to those that are around you. It's time that we just, it's like take the lid off of your heart and allow the love of God to flow through you in such a way that people's lives all around you are touched with the love of Jesus. I want to be free completely. I don't want to have anything in me holding me back from what God has for me. And I hope and pray that your desire is that you become totally free from experiences that you've gone through in life that in some way are still holding you back. It's time that you let go. It's time that you forgive those that have hurt you. It's time that you forgive and say, Lord, they knew not what they were doing. But I'm so grateful that, that in the infinite wisdom of God, Joseph understood 
what his brothers thought were bringing harm to him. Actually, it was God allowing everything to happen for good. So I I just declare today that we are going to live an offense-free life. We're going to forgive everyone and anyone that has said anything against us or done anything that has hurt us. It's time to let it go. It is time to be free and it's time to soar in the purposes that God has for your life. Quit being a victim. Some people think they're the victim. You are not a victim. You are not a victim in your situation. Jesus has paid the price. He took everything. And in that, he's declaring, you're free. You are free. And the good news is, I don't know, I I know some pain that we've experienced in life, some of it is, is just tragic. Is, is very hard to even recap what has happened. But I'm so grateful today that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is here to set us free so that we can all walk in the fullness of what God has for us. So offenses are going to come, church. But you have a choice whether you're going to take the bait. Do not take the bait of Satan. Walk away from it. Just forgive. And choose to love. And that is a way to live an offense-free life. Because in these last days, one of the signs of the times is that many will be offended. And you know what it says also later on? Is that that their hearts grow cold. And we can't allow the offenses in our hearts to allow our hearts to grow cold to enter into what God has for us. So I want you just right now, I just want us to pray. And I want to ask the Holy Spirit to show you if there is any area in your heart where you've gotten offended and you've taken the bait. Because today Jesus wants to set you free. He wants to set you free from from the hatred, from the anger, from the bitterness. He wants your heart free. Why? So you can fulfill your purpose. Your calling, your purpose is paramount. And you need to keep that in mind of realizing that an offense is the very thing that can cause you to stumble and not fulfill what God has for you. So let's pray. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would search every heart here. I ask, Father, that you would reveal in our hearts any areas, any area where we have become offended and we took the bait. Lord, I'm asking now that by the power of your Spirit, you would illuminate any area where we feel justified, where we feel that our behavior is merited. I'm asking the Holy Spirit that you would reveal if there's any area in our hearts that 
we have locked away and we've actually made ourselves a prisoner captive to hatred and unforgiveness. Lord, I'm asking that you set your people free. And I'm asking that you open the eyes, illuminate the eyes of your people. The Lord, we might see with eyes that see. I'm asking, Lord, for revelatory understanding into the hearts and lives of your people. And that, Lord, they would see if they're offended with anything. Even back into their childhood. Lord, I declare freedom over this house. I declare that to whom the Son is set free is free indeed. We're really free because Jesus, your blood paid the way and released us from the bondage of sin. And you forgive us this day. So Lord, I just pray right now that you would help those in this house to forgive anyone that has hurt them, has offended them. I'm asking, Lord, today that you would help them to forgive them and to release them and to set them free. Lord, I'm asking now that your unconditional love would begin to flow through the hearts of your people that they would be able to walk in love. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for setting us free and for enabling everyone in this place to fulfill their calling and purpose in life. And Lord, I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's stand. Father, I thank you that, Lord, you've given us indicators and you've helped us to understand what's to come and that there will be many offenses. So it's impossible to walk through life and not have offenses come our way. But Lord, we thank you that your grace and your love is here to help us to forgive and to let go and to not in any way take the bait. So Lord, we choose this day life and freedom. We choose forgiveness. And we thank you, Lord, for setting our hearts free. And Lord, it's in your name we pray. Everybody said, amen. I'd like to have some of the prayer team come on up. Um, I'd like for some of those that would desire just to get some prayer. You know, there are times in which um, there's, a, there's a scripture that says, confess your sins one to another that you might be healed. You know, there are some things in which we get hurt in life with that's it's really damaged and hurt our hearts. And But we've gotten, we've had unforgiveness and we've had anger in the situation. And I really think it's important that you're able to at least confess it. It says, confess your sins one to another. Why? So that you might be healed. Some of you need healing. Some of you need healing in your heart to be able to walk in the freedom that God has for you. And I want to ask now that you would just come forward and just get prayer. Just confess it before the prayer team here and just say, Lord, I just want to be free.
So, Father, I thank you for this wonderful church. And, God, I pray you'd bless and keep each and every one. And, Lord, I'm asking this day that you would give everyone your shalom peace. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at KOG underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash KOG Asheville.